The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prom. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International with the hyphen. to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system and from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me always is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm doing great, bud. I am doing great. I made it home from gaming last night. <laughs> we got about six inches of snow while I was gaming over at my buddy's house. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Dan, for pushing me <laughs> out of the way. Made it home. Made it home safe. So ready to do this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Here we just got a lot of rain and everything's been flooded. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. The the, uh, the melting. Yeah. Of all if the you snow look there, in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, we had like 14 inches of snow that melted with the five inches of rain we got. So that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The rivers are overflowing here. Uh, we have um, my. I just posted a video on G Plus the other day in the Nerds International community that someone in in town here had, uh, filmed of some guys riding jet skis through the downtown area. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Check that out. <laughs> There's got to be a special skill for that. <laughs> well, well, it's against the law. I did find that out. It was on the local news that it's against the law to ride jet skis down city streets. <laughs> Noted. Uh, so, if I'm boys and there, girls, I'll make sure. it's against the law. <laughs> but it's darn hilarious. <laughs> Here on the Finding the Narrative podcast, we do not recommend it. <laughs> But it is yeah. sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So let's see here. So big news this week. <laughs> Dawn of Rebellion source yep. book came out for the Fantasy Flight, the Star Wars game. Came out mm-hmm. on Thursday and was available. And we were spending what, the last twenty minutes <laughs> you showing yeah, me? I, what, yeah, yeah, I have a hot I have a hot copy in my hands here. It's 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 nice. Uh, one of the things that uh, Fantasy Flight has said that they weren't going to do from the beginning was they weren't really going to stat out NPCs from the movies and the TV shows. And in this book, they did. Lots of them. If you ever want to know how badass Darth Vader is in Star Wars, pick up that book and look at it. <laughs> but, yep, it's a pretty good book. Yeah, we'll give you a hint. You're going to be upgrading that challenge, yeah. da- that those ability, the um, difficulty dice, four times was it? <laughs> yeah, adversary four. Adversary four. Wow. And force rating six. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but hey, you know this is um, this is our Genesis podcast, and right. is there a point to this story we're going to be doing tonight, there, Tony? Well, yeah, that's the that's the title of this that episode. That is the title. <laughs> we keep forgetting to say what the heck the name of it is. <laughs> eh, I like bringing it in later like we do. Um, okay. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's the. Uh, this is our episode about story points, all about their usage and how to set them up. And you know, we've discussed them a lot in our advantageous threats section, where we're always talking about flipping one from the GM side to the player side, or vice versa. And thought we'd cover what that actually means for people, so uh, maybe we have a little less confusion out there. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, we got so we have some uh, listener feedback that we want to go over, right? Yep, we only had one real one. Of course, I want to shout out to my friend uh, Dale, who uh, mocked me for uh, uh, bringing up his character in a previous episode. Uh, if you've ever played any games with me, uh, it's possible I could bring up your characters, <laughs> especially if they turn themselves into eggplants. <laughs> Um, but well, anyhow, always have to bring that up. <laughs> of course, he was an infamous character. Nice. Um, but we got another one from our good friend Laurent Borgal mm-hmm. uh, up there in Canada. He's uh, he said, uh, "Here's another one. I have the intention of running a game in a fantasy musketeers setting with swashbuckler fighting, royal court intrigue, foreign nation espionage, and some magic. So." I need some muskets and flintlock pistols, which are not in the Genesis book. I have found those weapons instead. And he lists a bunch of weapons that he had. And then he kind of put what he thinks that the musket and the flintlock should be and says, does it seem right? How would you improve it? And thanks for your comments. Uh, So I sent this over to Chris because Chris doesn't get our Facebook. And what did you think, buddy? Well, first off, uh, Laurent, I want to play in that <laughs> game because that sounds like fun. <laughs> it really Indeed. does. And, you know, I'm pretty sh- I, – I did see a um, – there was a post, I think there was a thread over on the Fantasy Flight forums for this too, other things being said. But it looked pretty solid to me. I mean, I think you pretty much nailed the, the musket and lock pistols, um, the prepare, the accuracy of them. Um Myself, I believe what I had done in the Primeval Thule campaign setting, I'm translating over. Um, for bows, I gave them a pierce, a pierce rating. Um, what he had here was a bow, um, was, uh, what do you call it? Medium range, seemed reasonable to me. Damage 7, crit 3. Um, encumbrance 2, unwieldy 2, which basically requires you to have an, uh, an agility score, an agility of a 2. Um, but I would put a pierce, pierce maybe one, maybe pierce two on it. But your crossbow looked good as well. <clears throat> yeah, and those were taken right from the Genesis book, uh, the bow, yeah. the crossbow. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he gave us this list to give the light pistol, revolver, and hunting rifle as reference for how he came to the right. um, musket and flintlock. I think so, but I, mm-hmm. of course I wouldn't include those in a musketeer setting. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've played, I played in um, a couple of swashbuckling, piratey, musketeery kind of um, set, settings, and we had flintlock pistols, muskets, and we've had, and the, one of the characters I think I had played, um, or a buddy of mine had played, was we had a bandolier pistols, flintlock pistols that were preloaded, and you just pull a couple of them out, you know, start shooting. You'd have maybe four or six on you um so yeah yeah um, with an encumbrance of what is it encumbrance two on these things i think it was mm-hmm. yeah you couldn't really do a, tr- a more than four of them before you start getting bogged down <clears throat> but 
Yeah, unless um, the unless the bandolier themselves that, give that you was a what, couple give you a couple of um, points in your encumbrance or whatever that is. You know. Yep, I'd say if you're doing the cross bandoliers, basically each one would reduce your encumbrance rating by one or two. Yeah. So yep. so, and then you could do something like six flintlock pistols, and I think that is reasonable to have a bunch of preloaded pistols on you yep. but uh otherwise i mean this looked really good yeah. and like i said like you said i want to play this it looked yeah, like fun. Dude. that sounds like fun man that'd be cool oh i think the other the other thing that we that you and i had talked about there tony you had mentioned something about like the light pistol being more oh, like yeah. a derringer having like maybe a limited ammo too potentially yep. on it you could do like the ladies Derringer type little little pistol like holdout pistol with, kind of thing with two shots um, and something uh, something like that would be uh, probably doable as a light pistol. I would just give it the um, limited ammo rating of two. Yep. Anything over limited ammo five, you shouldn't worry about um, because it won't uh, run out of ammo before the combat encounter is over with. Mm-hmm. So typically, 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 and if you do. If you got six shots, you, you know, on that seventh round, when you click, 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 and can't fire, you know, anymore, you know, if you take that on yourself as a player to say, all right, I got to reload and whatever, you know, that's what you, I think your GMs will appreciate that. And yes, I said GMs without a pause. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did that the other night, too. <laughs> I'm proud Good of my job, team. Chris. You're learning. <laughs> I am learning. Who says they can't teach an old dog new tricks? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that was pretty much it for our listener feedback, man. Yeah, but yeah, that's good. Thanks again for the um, for the feedback there, uh, Laurent. The sending in the questions. We'll take more. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah. So email right. us at um, what is it? Finding the narrative podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any more comments, questions, feedback, and the whatnot. Yep. If you send it there, both Chris and I will get it, and we'll both be able to respond. Yes, we will. <laughs> or go to our Facebook page, and Tony will send it on to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. All right. Shall we move on to the next section, buddy? Let's go to the next section. All right. Okay. So, welcome to the Book of Genesis um, and this is the part where we're going to be talking about story points. And I'd say the first the first question is we have is what are story points? Well, if you go to page twenty seven in the core rulebook, it's where we talk about they they talk about story points, which is actually they have like two three pages worth, yep. which is really good. And I don't know for me, it's your it's your fate destiny luck if you will for your big damn heroes it's a way that you can change that story in such a way that will um make it easier for you for your characters something cool can kind of happen or kind of in the reverse you know put them in that dire situation as a as a gm you can you know bring things in narratively and that's what these points are supposed to be used for yep yeah, no, that pretty much is. I mean, it's a it's a newer concept for a lot of RPGs out there. It started, I think, uh, with uh, uh, 3.5 D&D, where they started using, uh, in Eberron, they started using the hero points, or whatever they were called, the um, uh, 
I don't even remember what they called them in that system, but and something along those lines. It was hero points or something, yeah. Yep, and then Savage Worlds added uh, Bennies, uh, and then you've got uh, Force Points in the Star Wars version of Mm -hmm. uh, Genesis. You've got uh, Fate Points in Fate, uh, things like that. Uh, So they do kind of have similar uses across a lot of those systems, but Mm -hmm. specific to Genesis, um, there's a specific way to set them up, what they mean, and what you can do with them. So. Let's talk about how to set them up. Yeah. What do we do? Do we roll our force die? Not in this one. Oh, we don't. Cool. We don't. But what you do have, like we did, like you did in the other, if, if anybody's familiar with the Star Wars role playing game, you do have a set of player, your player pool or your player area of points, and you have your GM story points pool. And only the players can pull out of the player pool. And only the GMs can pull can use out of the out of the um, out of the GM pool. So what do we do to put our? How many points do we get there, Tony? Well, it says here that uh, every player puts one point in their pool, and the GM puts one point in his pool. And one thing I found, if you're running a larger game, like more than six players, it doesn't hurt. You can do this if you want to to put a second uh, point in the GM pool. Yeah, just because you have uh, so many players. So if mm-hmm. if you want to do that from the start, you can do so. I tried it once without, because uh, I tried running um, one of my Star Wars games with just the story point system where everybody got just one. Okay. And How'd that work? It worked okay. And I tried it with and I tried it without. And the GM, because I had eight players, mm-hmm. uh, and then and the GM having two right from the start does kind of help keep it balanced a little more through the through the game so with more players cool so something you might want to think of okay. totally up to you but um so what are these used for man let's let's talk about that <clears throat> well let's see so there are plenty of oh, things wait. i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry i could how do we keep track of them i completely forgot about that how do we keep track of them well what you would do is you would um if you say a player would use a story point, they would um, take it from their pool, adjudicate the action, and then it mm-hmm. gets moved to the GM pool. Okay. And vice versa. So if the GM wants to use a point, you you spend the point, and before it gets moved to the other pool, you have to adjudicate the action first, and then you move it. That way, um, if say as a GM, I don't have any pool, I don't have any points in my pool. Um, on this action, if you use it and you move it to my pool first, then I could use it, and that's kind of not the way um, it's used that way. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So what you can use to track these things, you can use any small item that are kind of uniform in size. You can use coins. You can use mm-hmm. poker chips. You can use game tokens from other games. Um, you can use Othello tokens. Uh, being white, they're the player side, and black, they're the the GM side, or you can use force tokens from the star Wars game, or mm-hmm. like I have, um, these dice dishes that I had, they're little round dice dishes. Mm-hmm. And I have a bag full of little plastic skulls and you just oh, move skulls from the GM dish to the player dish. Nice. Um, That's pretty cool. You could get, if you have a game that you're running that has a theme, 
let's say, you know, my Hellgate Genesis, and I want to use little demons, little plastic demon figurines or whatever, and I want to move those from from pool to pool, you could totally do that and have themed story points, so to speak, for your game. Oh, uh, for cool fantasy, for like a pirate setting, you could use gold doubloons or, or the fake gold doubloons that they sell mm-hmm. in stores. Pieces of eight. Yeah, pieces of eight. Um, <laughs> but really, it's, you know, glass beads, coins, whatever you want to use. Right. Just as long as you have a distinct way of pointing out what's the player's pool and what's the GM's pool. I don't recommend gaming snacks like <laughs> or Skittles. <laughs> you might forget. When I start eating them. <laughs> not that that's ever been done before. No, yeah. of course not. <laughs> but you could use candy. I mean, you could. Uh, yeah. Or like poker chips or something like that. I think I know um, some of the a lot of the folks um, using like say the when they create bennies for uh, Savage Worlds, they use the poker chips and they throw the a themed sticker on them or something. So that's mm-hmm. one way of doing it too. All right. Cool. Well, that's how they're tracked. That's how that's, they're tracked. Yeah. So there's several ways we can use them. Yeah, there is. Let's start They're with really... the first most common way that players use them. The, the first way of, they call it a helping hand. Now, this is something that um, you would do to enhance your skill check that you're making. So you would, you're going to upgrade that green die to a yellow dice. And I know you all had heard us talk about on our, when we, when we rolled through our advantageous threats, we're kind of doing that a lot. <laughs> and this is one way of doing it. And the GM may do it on their side to, to when it when it's their turn. Their um, the, you know the enemies when they're rolling their dice, they can do the green to the yellow. That's the um, ability die to the challenge or to the proficiency die. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the second way you can do it, destiny can also be used to affect how uh, how you get out of harm's way Mm -hmm. so one thing you can do uh and they call this raising the stakes you can upgrade incoming checks against you uh upgrading the difficulty dice to a um more potent challenge die uh and it's it's the same concept you're 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 just making it harder for them instead of making it easier for yourself and the g and that's players may do that when the gm is trying to attack them say or use a a skill against them and vice versa. The GM can do that uh, when the player's trying to get at one of their nasty NPCs that they want to protect. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yes. And that, that actually, you know, the p- upgrading it to a, to a red that gives it that chance of rolling a despair. And then mm-hmm. before, you know, upgrading it to a yellow to, to that, uh, uh, what is it? The um, proficiency die gives you a chance to get a, dis- to get a triumph. So right. that's why you would want to use these two. And they kind of go, you know, they're the same but only different helping hand and raising the stakes. So there that's pretty much the most common ways to use them. Mm-hmm. There are a couple other less common ways. Um, what's the next one, Chris? Well, the next one, um, everybody has can have special abilities that you may use a story point to activate and i believe when you're if you look at the character the human template if we go to say the average human 
mm-hmm. um, out of turn incidental, you can use a story point. Um, oh, no. Actually, that's actually kind of one that is related, to be <laughs> honest. That's pretty cool. It's called Ready for Anything. Once mm-hmm. per session is an out of turn incidental, you may move one story point from the game master's pool to the player's pool. Now, that's actually, that's not spending that story point to do something, but that is a special ability where you're act- where you're you know interacting with the story point um, system mechanic. I didn't even think of that until I just started reading it. I did that on our last episode with Ripley during our uh, advantageous threats. Yes, you uh. did. Yes, you did. And yep. so, so the laborer has a tough as nails special ability, where mm-hmm. out of t- out of turn, as an out of turn incidental, you could spend a story point immediately after suffering a critical injury to make it a um, uh, like a zero one, you know, like the minimum critical injury that you can get, which is kind of a kind of a no effect thing, if you wanted, kind of a. You would still have a crit, but it doesn't have any game effects. Correct. Correct. Yeah. What's the other thing we could use those for? Well, you could use them for your talents too. Some of the talents in the book, there aren't many um, in the book, but I'm yeah, sure there. We were looking for which we were looking <laughs> for earlier. <laughs> yeah, for a couple of examples. Uh, um, there's uh, Lucky Strike and uh, what was the other one? Heroic Will. Will. Yep. And then there was a Tier 5 talent, Indomitable. Indomitable. Yep. 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 All of those, uh, they have mechanical uses for story points that aren't included mm-hmm. in the main story point right. rules. And maybe in that Realms of Tiernoth book that we're getting next month or the month after or hopefully close. Hopefully <laughs> that it's within the next so couple slow. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we need to get that boat here. <laughs> Paddle faster! <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, maybe, hopefully, and I'm sure there might be, some talents in there where you can use your story points to um, activate them as well. Mm-hmm. So. And then there's one last usage, and it's kind of two different ways of looking at it. Yeah. Um, so we've seen this, uh, I've seen this a lot, and mm-hmm. there are ways this one can be broken, so you have to be careful as a GM. <laughs> and I'll use that. Ex- I'll use an example. When I first started running the Star Wars system, oh, by the way, it's uh, luck, or it's called Deus, Deus Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and it allows you to add a small story element or a small one encumbrance item that you found that you had for instance okay you're on a spaceship and you need breathing masks because oh look we flipped a story point and we have breathing masks because there's toxic (laughs) smoke in the air that kind of thing um i had an example of how i let it get away from me when i first started running the system as i didn't really know what i had done when i let a player flip a Destiny point is what they're called in Star Wars to get a thermal detonator. Oh, and <laughs> yeah, I ended up having to slap myself on the wrist for that one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because then it got abused like you wouldn't believe. So after about the third or fourth time, I said, Gee, Destiny has taken away your free access to <laughs> thermal <laughs> detonators. Thermal detonator. <laughs> Apparently you used them all up. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's just uh, no thermal detonator there anymore. Yeah, no, no. You know, would well, you there give is them a an, Oh, it's a shock t- 
detonator or whatever. What is the shot grenade or? Yep, I'd give him a stun grenade. That's stun that, grenade. that's yeah, yeah it's a small one encumbrance item. Oh yeah, but there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, I mean, and it is one of those, and, and it is, it, and it could be used to um, get the keep the story moving forward too. Like if they are. Um, Maybe if they're stuck, or maybe if it's one of those things, right, where, where oh, we need to climb down this crevasse, and we don't have climbing equipment. Oh. Well, actually, you do. If you yep. want to use one of those story points, somebody remember to bring your climbing equipment. Those yep. kinds of things. So you're not like, oh, we got to go back to the ship, or we got to go back to town and go buy some rations because we ran out of rations, or or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's... Uh... It, it's a great way to keep the players involved. A lot of times, like the, you know, let's say you're in a strange town, you're in a fantasy setting, you're in a strange town, and and you got a character that's getting bored, you can offer for them to, you know, hey, flip a story point. Maybe one of your relatives is visiting town, and you have somebody to hang out with and go do something with Absolutely. or whatever. It's, you know, it doesn't call it's story, isn't in the name by accident. <laughs> I Correct. Kind of named it that for a reason, right? I mean, just at you're adding a story element. And I'll tell you, if you're the kind of player that I am, you don't wait for the GM to suggest flipping a story point to add things. I will mm-hmm. do it on my own. If I see that I see a reason to flip a story point as a player that is going to create a cool story for everyone involved, I'm mm-hmm. going to immediately jump on it. Uh, because, again, as at not very many times in any RPG does the player get to add to the narrative for free. And, mm-hmm. Or minor little cost here. It's nothing. Yeah. You don't have to make any rolls. You just flip it over to the GM side, and hey, as long as your GM's cool with it, it's yeah. And your yeah. GM, yeah, I mean, and you should, as as GMs out there, be able to say that yes, but, or you know, learn how to say yes. It's a you must unlearn what you have learned, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. <laughs> to quote Yoda, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, we've played these games. I've played for so long, too, you know, with you, all, you know, mm-hmm. on and off for decades, right? And uh-huh. just these last few years playing this system, you just kind of got to unlearn all those ruts that you're going, that, that you've kind of put yourself in and think a little more outside of the box and, you know, add the story. And as a player, yeah, exactly. Don't feel afraid. Don't be afraid to speak up. I, I now, encourage it. And there's there's something to be said. I mean, sometimes you, as players, want to make sure you're not spending your story points. Maybe you're coming up on a boss fight and the, there's no points in the GM's pool. Uh, maybe you don't want to spend Eddie to give him that opportunity to screw you guys over. Mm-hmm. But if you keep them going back and forth, it will add to the story no matter what you're mm-hmm. doing. I, I try to get players out of that mode where they're like, metagaming it and they're thinking oh we don't want the gym to have any yeah <laughs> because, because it, i mean and i have one player that thinks about that all the time he's literally like hey look at that all the all the destiny points are on our side don't let tony have any <laughs> <laughs> See, those just, are the moments those are the moments those are the cool moments <laughs> you yeah know, the, the cool moments the fun moments too when some interesting things can happen and i'll say i use interesting not bad or good, interesting <laughs> things can happen. And, you know, it is, it's it's a zero-sum game, you know, where you're, it's going back and forth. And there should be an ebb and flow with those, with those, um, the, the story points going back and forth throughout the game. Right. And it, you, you, 
do it, try it, use it, use them more times than what you think you should be using them, and find the right amount for your group. I think every group will probably be a little bit be a little bit different here and there, you know. Yep. So, with that. Yep. Yep. It's it's always great with my group because I have one player who's a miser like that. He wants to hoard them, <laughs> and then I have another guy that just wants to pop them like Pez. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know, you gotta remember, they balance each other out. <laughs> and and uh, and as players, um, this is a a party resource, if you will. You know, um, it's for your entire party or um, company. Or fellowship. I just started a Middle Earth game last night, so I've got <laughs> terms in my mind. Um, and you know, so you want to kind of get buy-in from the other players as well. You know, before you start, you know, spending the story points willy-nilly. You know, just say hey. And you know, it's one of those things where in this system, a lot of people are, are you're, you're, the tables engaged. You know, in what's going on, and they want it. Yeah, this is a great time to use it. You know, we need a little bit of extra boost, or um, that's kind of cool that your brother's living in this town now. Let's go take him out for a drink or whatever. You know, I mean, however you want to do it. It takes me back to Con on the Cob when we were playing that Age of Rebellion game, and you guys only had the one destiny point left, and everybody wanted Colin to use it, and he didn't want to use it. He's just like, oh, I don't know if I should. Everybody's like, use it, use it, use it. That's right, That's right. use it, man. That was great. That was so yep. much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, so, and then you, one thing we didn't cover here is that. Uh, the player and the GM can use a destiny, or excuse me, destiny point, a story point mm-hmm. in the same turn if they want to. It's just yes. as a GM, you should let the players use theirs first. Um, yep. Uh, well, what it is, it's the active player. The active side goes first. So whether correct. it's the GM, it's the GM's turn or the player's turn. So if it's you know the party is wanting to kind of shoot their blaster rifles or you know. Um, interrogate the a prisoner or something like that. Let the ask the player, do you want to use a story point? Or you know what I mean? Have them give that first choice to use the story point. And if they don't, that's fine. But then once you as a GM flip it over, that's it. There's no go backs unless you unless you do allow them to flip it back. And for me, I'm I'm kind of a little more loosey goosey on that. But if they choose not to, try and keep them stuck to that that they've decided not to and if you as a gm flip over and then they decide to that's metagaming and you can slap them on the wrist <laughs> <laughs> or vengeance god them whichever that's right. That's right. <laughs> all right well uh that pretty much covers story points there i mean there isn't a lot that they're used for mm-hmm. uh and they're they're just it's an economy you keep flowing throughout the game Yep. Um, yep. And it's a fairly straightforward concept that will really add a lot to your game if you embrace mm-hmm. it and use it, um, you know, the way they kind of spelled out. And don't be afraid to. It's pretty fun. Yep. And setting creators out there, you should, if you're building your own special abilities for races or for uh, talents or things like that, you should make sure when you're using story points to try and keep them balanced with the ones that are in the book here. Um, Don't let them do anything more powerful than what the ones in the book could do. Just as uh, a, because you will find they end up breaking your game if you don't. (laughs) Thermal detonators. (laughs) (laughs) That was my son. So. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. Right. Well, that's what they are. Um, I guess next we'll go to setting the tone and see how we might be using them in our two settings. Sure. We're back with uh, setting the tone here. Um, so let's see. So in Primeval Thule, I haven't really thought about story points until we were bringing this up. Um, how I would use them specifically in Primeval Thule. And the first thing that actually popped into my head was I'd probably link it to the madness and insanity stat or um, mechanic that I'm that I've been that I'm going to introduce there, um, where I may require a spellcaster to spend a story point to cast a spell if they're at a certain level of madness or insanity or or something along those lines. Other than that, I would definitely encourage my players um, to use them like is like we just talked about in the last in the last um, segment here about it. You know. How about you, Tony? What do you think? Well, well, for Hellgate, I had the idea here because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to have these be the big heroes. They're big, big, damn heroes. Absolutely. And and so one of the things I looked at is uh, each of the career books in Star Wars they have signature abilities. Ooh. And so I was looking at some of those signature abilities and maybe coming up with a a new tier of talents. Um. A tier six talent that mimics those signature abilities. Nice. Problem is, the prerequisite is you know you have to have two tier five talents before you can even take one, and you're only ever allowed to take one uh, of these uh. tier six talents. So it is a signature ability to your character, and hmm. those each just about every one of those has a mechanic where you spend. And it's one of the only times in the game where you spend two story points, but you get something really cool. Cool. Um, there's one in the Hired Gun book that allows you to flip two destiny points in that game. Um, and you can instantly take out all minions in a scene. Right. That's after, like, I think that's at the end of the second round. Like, like the first round, you decide to use the ability, right? Flip over the destiny points. Then at the end of the next round, or the end of your next turn, narrate how you take out all the freaking minions in the room. Right. So okay, you could use cool. that as, you know, for instance, in, in Hellgate, you're you're playing that Blade Master, that Blade, um, and they have these two, in one hand they have a, a spiked bolter pistol, in the other hand they have their glowing flaming sword, and they spend their two points and then in the second turn they just dance through an army of freaking skeleton or uh, zombies and just cut them all down and <laughs> and and they can totally narrate how they took out all these minions and then that's mm -hmm. when the big demon rises up over the wall and everybody's got to face this huge nemesis demon so <laughs> that's nice. it's that was kind of one of the cinematic scenes in the trailer which gave me for the game which gave me the idea of including these signature abilities that particular one made me think of that particular signature ability which made me then go hey maybe i could incorporate these in into genesis so sweet that, and uh so that's what i've been kind of working on with those 
You know, and I'm wondering if in their Realms of Tirnoth book coming out, um, whether these heroic actions aren't what you, what you were just talking about. Could you know, very well doing, be. Uh, and you spend story points to use them, these heroic actions. Mm-hmm. Curious. Definitely curious. Come on, boat. Yeah. Come on, boat. Here. <laughs> <laughs> they can have some of our wind. <laughs> yeah. Our hot air. I, I swear the thing I swear the thing is a freaking sailboat. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sailboat with a with a cheesecloth sail. Yeah. Well let's see. So it's February twenty fifth, Sunday. Knowing our luck, two days from now it'll be on the, you know, in our um, in our stores. Let's hope. Uh, well, <laughs> well, we know if, if I know Fantasy Flight, they usually drop their books on Thursday. So, ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. So let's see. So that was. So we have anything else to say about setting the tone? No, it's pretty much pretty much going to be used the same way as they are the core book here other than that the signature ability slash tier six talent for me and for you i'm sure you'll come up with a cool way for that to be linked to madness i can't wait to see what that's going to be man (laughs) yeah i'll I'll think about that i'll run it by you and see we noodle on it sometime all right all righty all right so then on to the next one advantageous threats Welcome to Advantageous Threats, our favorite so show segment and yours. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have a cool one this week. Yes, you do. So my character is a human intellectual archetype engineer career character. Um, I'm working on – so I'm on the space station. The oxygen system is failing. All my friends are inside, and they're about to start suffocating. Awesome. And yeah, not cool. Um, so uh, I have put on a spacesuit. I've gone outside, and I'm going to work on this. Uh, I only have a few seconds left of air before the lack of oxygen will cause all my friends to begin suffocating, like I said. And it's um, – Okay. So what I don't know is that the GM has a little surprise set for me here. Yes. Uh, but um, – when it comes to repairing the oxygen system, I have a four intellect, so I, my four green dice. Um, right. Now, normally you wouldn't be spending as much time as we do on these building these pools, but uh, normally you'd have the stuff written out in front of you. Mm-hmm. But we can't do these uh, the slow way to explain it. And yeah, I to, have a to, to, to kind of let you guys get into our head a little bit, like the kind of what we're thinking. You know, as we're building up these pools and as a GM or as a player, how we want to add these dice in different ways. So go ahead. Sorry, dude. No, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, so I, and I only have one rank in mechanics because, well, I'm not that good of a mechanic. All right. Uh, so right now I'm sitting at a three green, one yellow pool. What's my difficulty? Okay. Well, you've spacewalked before. Mm hmm. Um, fixing a oxygen system diagnosing it and fixing it i would normally say it's probably an average check 
But in so, this case... So, so two purple normally. Two, two purple normally, but because you're such... You're, you're under the gun, um, it's going to be a hard check. Okay. And because you are um, probably um, not... Well, you're probably in the right frame of mind, but because you're friends, you have it in your mind that your friends might be getting to suffocate pretty soon. Um, I that it feels like it's an automatic red, because if you fail, something bad will happen regardless of what I do as a GM to story point wise, right? So right. I think it's going to be a red and two purple. Um, okay. You are outside spacewalking. That isn't necessarily a hard thing or an easier thing to do, but that's more of an environmental thing. So I'm, I'm feeling like it's probably one or two setback dice for that. What do you think? Well, I do have a one rank in the, uh, ex- the talent that lets me reduce by two. So I don't care how many you give me. So I'll give you two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll take those right back out. Um, and hopefully in my setting for Genesis, it will let us know what how you would handle spacewalking and such. Right. You know, zero-G work. And that's what that is. Um, other than that... Now, because of the surprise inside there, mm-hmm. should I... Do well, something about that will be that is actually going to I will probably spend a story point for that surprise gotcha. <laughs> that we have waiting inside. Um, All right. So you spent which, which which what Tony you uh, haven't done yet. <laughs> you haven't done yet. I, Here, I wanted to yet. say yes, yeah. What did. I wanted to say as the active player, yep. I'm going to use my once per session and in, uh, intellectual uh, archetype ability, which allows me to. On one skill roll, use my ranks and in intellect as my ranks in that skill, which immediately makes my check four yellow dice. And I will flip wow. the story to do that. Nice. Nice. Now, you do. You probably brought the right tools for the job. Yeah. Did you mention those? So that's probably a boost die. For yeah, well, I figure they would be probably attached to my spacesuit. So. Absolutely. Now... Yeah. What Tony doesn't know, the DM has placed a small alien monster in the oxygen system. And that's why he's going to flip over a story point. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and flip flip one of those other purples to a red. <laughs> All right. So now we've got this pool that, while it did uh, take us four minutes to describe, usually would only take us a few seconds to build at the exactly. table. Um, so, oh, there's your despair, buddy. <laughs> so uh it, it three failures but i had one two three four five six successes so i have net three success okay uh no threat two advantage and a despair okay so you have what was that you have a total of how many successes i had a total of uh three net three net successes advantage two two and a despair and the despair. Right. Well, I would so, say I would say with with your successes, you most definitely and quickly fix the damaged oxygen system, and your friends and, aren't suffocating anymore. Yes, right. yes. And mm-hmm. I would spend my two advantage to probably regain some of the strain I had taken to get all these maneuvers to get out there, because yeah. it probably took me several 
double maneuvers to get the suit on and get outside. And I would have been burning a lot of strain to do that. So I'm assuming, just assuming the character would have a lot of strain already. So I would probably go ahead and spend all my advantage on that. I don't have any reason to spend it on anything else. Absolutely. But I'm I'm sure I have an alien face hugger on my face now, right? Well, (laughs) we could say yes. (laughs) We could say that as you had your arm in there fixing doing what you need to do right you feel this this like maw just bite into your spacesuit oh and your um the internal um displays on your on your head set you see your own oxygen your your um what do you call it the uh your enviro suit, your space mm-hmm. suit has a hole in it, so oh, that's boy. pressure's going. <laughs> so uh, and and you have you have this uh, you have a little alien monster on your arm right now. <laughs> so at this point, we would go into combat, and, and and I would be fighting for my life. Although my companions inside the space station at least are not dying. <laughs> so that's right. Well, all right, you should probably still be hanging on to that space station too. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, gosh, you remember to lash yourself, latch yourself on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sweet dude, that's good. One. Oh crap, I need to get my dice out. All right. Oh. <laughs> so as I am turning and getting my dice, um, I am going to set up this next thing for mine, my uh, character. Okay. So. Holy cow! I have a. Lot How of many sets there. of dice do you have in there? Um, let me think. Um, two, four, I have three. <laughs> Genesis dice. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like that. <laughs> well, everyone needs everyone needs six red dice. Well, of course they do. And I have them. Every right? good GM. Well, especially if we're going to be going up against Darth Vader. Jeez. Darth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are you doing? So, what are you doing here? Okay. So what I have, I'm playing a Victorian age monster hunter in London. Van Helsing. Like a Van Helsing kind of character, but no, not Van Helsing. Somebody oh. cooler than Van Helsing. Oh. <laughs> and and I need to find me a monster. <laughs> so what I've done is I've gone down to the seedier side of this great city looking for some information. However, my character got ambushed by some thugs. And I actually took a head ringer critical injury. It's an average injury. Average critical injury. Um before I actually sent these thugs running, you know, they, they hit me, they kind of got the jump on me, but I was able to, to get them going, to get them, to scare them away. Gotcha. And what I'd like to do is I need, I need to continue to track this monster and I want to use streetwise to continue to track this monster in this urban setting, but however, we'll have a crit. Yeah, that, that crit, by the way, mm-hmm. found on page 115 in the critical injury results chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Headringer, the target increases the difficulty of all intellect and cunning checks until this critical injury is healed. Streetwise yes. is cunning-based. Streetwise so. is kind of, but it makes sense for me to use streetwise. So I'm going to be using streetwise on this. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly cunning, cunning lad. Um, I'm going to say I've got a three cunning. And I've got two in Streetwise. Not bad. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say that I um, maybe, um, if you allow me to get a boost die from maybe my previous 
um, interrogations as I was coming through here, somebody kind of pointed me in the right direction. And maybe this ambush by these thugs was a clue. So maybe it gives me a boost that I might be in the right direction. Sure, Going sure. Somewhere. Okay. Well, this monster that you're hunting uh, happens to be a very crafty uh, were rat who oh. hides in the sewers and doesn't have anything to do with a lot of people. So I'm going to give you a daunting difficulty to find out anything about him because oh. he does. he's a sneaky little bud. Darn it. So that's four. So four purple. Four purple. Dude, that's going to be a tough one. And because of your injury, yes, one of those is automatically upgraded. Automatically upgraded or added a difficulty? Uh, it says increase. Sorry, my bad. So I add my one to a five. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, however, what I have is I've picked a talent called Heroic Will. Ah. And I picked Cunning and Brawn. When I picked this talent, and what this talent is, it's on page 79. Let me go to it real quick. Mm -hmm. It allows me to ignore, so let me see, heroic 79, heroic will. (laughs) It's tier three, and it's active as it's an incidental kind of out of turn thing. Um, So when I, I could spend a story point. To make the use of this talent, you have your character ignore the um, critical injuries on any skill checks using those two characteristics until the end of your current encounter. Oh, so, cool. It's so you're back a, to a four difficulty. I believe I'm back to a four difficulty, which is good. So I've already spent the story point on this action, so which means I will not be able to upgrade one of these one of my one of my checks here and that's something that we forgot to say back before mm-hmm. <clears throat> so would you like to add anything to this for me uh nope i think this is a fine pool as is fine pool okay so i got four purple two yellow a green and a blue mm-hmm. let's see what we got i don't really need to find me a monster oh looky here looky here okay so I have, so I got, wow, <laughs> so I, <laughs> everything came up with something. <laughs> oh, wow, so that's good. On the, um, so I actually got six successes canceled by the two failures, so I got four successes, mm-hmm. a triumph, Ooh. by the way, however, <laughs> I pulled four threat <laughs> that did not get canceled, and that's on all. I have one threat on each one of these dice. Well, what would you like? So, success. You have found out enough information to be able to track the monster to its lair. Oh yeah, I quick. Hey, I I kind of get the. Yeah, I get her done pretty quick with the um with four successes. Oh yeah. Gosh. After seeing you guys, you take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take those thugs and beat the crap out of them and send them running. Some yeah. of the locals were like, hey, we're not going to mess with this guy. You start asking questions, and they just give you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm thinking with my triumph, I would like to have um, maybe one of these, maybe this group of thugs 
that I scared off before mm-hmm. um, harmed or beat down one of these people that I had asked for more for directions if they've seen this monster this kind of stuff maybe this person has been attacked by this monster maybe had a loved one killed or something so i would actually like to create a semi-permanent maybe temporary contact down here in the underground like sure back to with that triumph sweet sure you you have um as a gm i would put little jimmy down as little jimmy a 10-year-old boy who lost his mother to the were-rat nice. uh, and doesn't like the local gang uh, is, uh, because they've uh, messed with his uh, little shoeshine business a couple times. Little Jimmy's a shoeshine boy, nice. and, uh, and you now have him as a contact. Cool. All right, so how about those four threat, dude? <laughs> well, <laughs> you do track the were-rat to its lair. However, yep. mm-hmm. um it's got an ambush set up for you. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> so roll initiative. <laughs> yep. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. There we go. Sweet, dude. All right. Or so, he gets maybe a sneak attack on me. It gets, yep, pretty much. It gets a surprise round. And, all right. Cool. That was fun. Those yep. are good ones. I can't wait to what we come up with next. Ah, uh, Me neither. So. And we're actually up for suggestions if anybody wants to have any scenarios for us to play out for for your for you guys let us know maybe yeah maybe you had one that went a weird way in your campaign and you want to give us an example mm-hmm. and have us roll it out and see what we would do mm-hmm. uh feel hey, free even if even if it wasn't in a genesis system like i had done last week i had played in a pathfinder game a mm-hmm. scenario that went out that, that played out one way where i rolled a one and of course great things happen him being sh- shark fin now um <laughs> yeah in any of your games we'll we'll, try, we'll genocide it <laughs> is, is that a word yes it's it a is word. now i've used it three times already <laughs> put that shit in the urban dictionary boy that's right all right man let's wrap this thing up we'll do All right, so everybody, that's our show for the night. Um, that was fun, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like short I and like sweet, advantageous threats. Yeah, short and sweet. We'll see how long this is. Um, <laughs> let me give a shout out to what I would like to pimp right now. We have the Nerds International Virtual Con happening Saturday, March tenth, and March um, Sunday, March eleventh as well. You can go to. Um, Nerds International Virtual WordPress.com to sign up. Um, and make sure you read the game that you're signing up for because some of them may require you to have a, a, a virtual tabletop program like, you know, Fantasy fantasy Grounds. Um, Roll 20. Roll 20. Those, those tabletop kind of Simulator. Tabletop Simulator. Yep. Um, so go check that out. It's going to be pretty fun. It's our first one. You know, we're putting on for Nerds International. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it because it is what it is here, real life and everything, but I'm hoping to sign up. I think there's a couple of Genesis games out there. I think one that I was looking forward to is maybe sign up for Jim's game. Yep, Jim Partin, uh, Partin, Partin, I can't. 
I can't pronounce his last name. It's Jimmy Fat. <laughs> he's a uh, he's uh, running um, an eighties. It's Predator. It's the movie Predator. Yes, it is. <laughs> Genesis. Like Genesisized. That's right. <laughs> and I look. I'm signed up for that to play. I'm going to be a player in that. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I might have to too. I might have to. Says I'm because fr- I'm living in Minnesota. I might have to do. The uh, what do you call it? Jesse the Body Ventura type character? I don't have time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> now, <you know. laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I think that's fun. the only actual Genesis. But somebody was running something Star Wars. I thought I can't. I can't remember. I don't have the schedule Ooh. in front of me. Yeah, me but either. I I I won't have okay, time yeah. to get a game prepared for that. So I'll yeah, be playing. Either. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. it's gonna be a lot of. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm gonna have fun it. with it. I hope yeah. you guys join. Come in and join us. Uh, mm-hmm. There's lots of spots left in all Definitely. these games for players to sign up. Yep. You don't have to sign up to run anything. We've got tons of games. There's D and D Five E. There's several Savage Worlds games. There's people running Fate. There's someone running Two D Twelve. Uh, there's a couple other systems that are going to be uh, played, and again, it goes across the gamut of people just using Skype and mm-hmm. rolling dice, and to people using uh, Fantasy Grounds Tabletop Simulator and uh, Roll Twenty. So, yep. get in on it. Yeah, definitely head over there. Do it. Do it. All right. So, if you want to contact us, of course, uh, you can find you can email us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail You can find us at Finding the Narrative on Facebook, uh, Finding the Narrative in the Nerds International with a hyphen network on G plus, and lots of other people over there. Uh, and you can find us to listen to on Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube. Yep, uh, so, that's it. That's it, man. All right. Cool. Well, this this is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night, everyone. Have a good night. Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on the show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative Podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.